Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on uh, Blog Talk Radio. It is uh, Thursday, February 3rd, 2011. Uh, got a lot to talk about today, so we'll uh, get to it shortly. This is my first monthly broadcast, so I tend to follow my usual format which is to read my monthly snake oil column on air and then uh, talk a little bit about it and then open up the phone lines to any callers who have any uh, comments or questions. And even about 20 minutes or so into the show, I will open up the uh, phone lines also for uh, anyone if, if they have any personal questions, if they want to do a little quick couple-minute mini-reading, um, we'll do that too. But uh, anyway, if it's your first time tuning into Snake Oil Radio, I am Jim Ventura. I am the host here, and I've been doing the show for a couple of years now. Um, basically, uh, Snake Oil is my monthly column. I actually have close to 70 columns. I've been doing this since 2003, the radio show, for a little over two years. So uh, i got quite a bit of material collected. Um, in fact, uh, Snake Oil Volume 1 will be published within the next few months as well, too. I'm currently looking for a publisher, or I may self-publish. I'm still going back and forth on that decision. Anyway, I am a, um, a navigational consultant, uh, some might say spiritual counselor. Uh, my expertise is in astrology and numerology and tarot and animal cards and rune stones and quite a few different oracles that I am very, very... Uh, skilled in using, and I work with clients uh, on uh, in personal sessions uh, in person here in uh, Phoenix, my home office, as well as by phone. So um, anyway, so for today, um, uh, I also have a, a published book called Dirty Little Secrets. Uh, many of you have uh, already read that book, and we'll have a second one again shortly. Um, okay, so I want to read my uh, column um, I want to uh, thank everyone for joining me today, whether you are uh, listening live in the chat room or if you are uh, just catching us on our archives. Uh, thanks for tuning in and joining us here. Um, it is uh, Before I read my column, I do want to mention it is extremely cold here, uh, even for Phoenix standards. This morning when I got up, it was actually only uh, in the 20s, upper 20s. That is very, very cold for Phoenix, even for at night. Um, and today, we're only suspected uh, our high was only uh, about 48 degrees. I know that probably uh, sounds mild for a lot of uh, other people living around the country here because I know this time of year there has been quite a lot of storms and snow and winter mess all over the place. So um, hopefully you're in a warm spot or you're in a warm home at this point in the game. Uh, I guess this is a reality, so the uh, heart of winter. Okay, so anyway, I, again, I'd like to start off by reading my, my current monthly column. Uh, and again, I'll mention if you're not already getting my column, please just email me at VenturaSag at Yahoo.com or VenturaWords at Mac.com. All that info is on the uh, on the page here at Blog Talk Radio, and I'll add you to the mailing list so you can get the monthly column. And by the way, your your email is never shared with anyone under any circumstances. Okay, so let's have at it. Let's talk about uh, this month's column. It's called "Finishing Another Chapter." Uh, it was perfect cosmic timing. I had planned to drive to Las Vegas for a much-needed vacation a few Sundays ago. 
Right before I left for my Vegas trip, I stopped at the restaurant I'd worked at for the last two years for the very last time. The owner and his wife were packing up everything of value to take back with them to Kentucky. He gave me my last paycheck in cash and said goodbye. It was bittersweet. While working there had been filled with a share of dramas and ups and downs, it was mostly a positive experience for me. I liked the owner and his wife and considered them to be my friends. They'd put more than two years of hopes and dreams and a considerable amount of hard work into the Pasta Palace. The restaurant had gotten mostly excellent reviews. The majority of our customers raved about the food and often literally licked their bowls clean. There were problems that contributed to the restaurant's demise. Summers were typically not very prosperous seasons in the restaurant business. In 2010, saw one of its worst ever. In fact, it seemed by December we were struggling to stay afloat still. The expected busy season never really came. The owner was slowly going broke. Phoenix's downtown scene was hit hard economically. Aside from people being cautious about spending money in general, Arizona's current governor's hardball stance, hardball stance on immigration dramatically reduced the amount of visitors that normally came to the city. Hotel stays, conventions, and the money that came with them were way down because people and some companies were boycotting the city. In addition, ridiculous city taxes and blunders by the city itself also contributed to difficulties experienced downtown by many of the bars and restaurants. Some mistakes were made internally by the management and the owner, and all this contributed to one of Phoenix's best restaurants permanently closing its doors. I arrived at 7.30, and the owner had already been there for two hours. He and his wife were pragmatically moving everything of value into a moving truck and planned to head back home permanently. Very few words came to mind that morning. I wanted to say something inspirational to him, and was usually good at doing things like that. In this case, however, nothing came to mind. I was feeling very emotional, and that was not helping the right words to come through. I was one of the few remaining original staff. I had been part of this restaurant family three to five days and nights a week for a little over two years. I was not only losing some very helpful extra income, but also saying goodbye to some good friends and a home I had been very comfortably part of for some time. I had never been good with emotional scenes, so I simply hugged the owner, said goodbye, and got in my car to drive my four-and-a-half-hour trip to Las Vegas. The moment I got safely in my car was when the tears began to flow. It was sad to witness a friend's dream coming to an end. I was depressed about the end of working in a really fun place and saying goodbye to a good part-time job. The restaurant was really struggling with making a profit, and I knew it would probably close. My card reading suggested it, and I could practically see that there was no way the owner could continue to operate in such conditions. He had been robbing Peter to pay Paul, I'm sure he was exhausted. Not only was I saying goodbye to some friends, but I was also experiencing another ending. It was probable that I would no longer work in this field again. There were many endings happening that morning. It was more than a little overwhelming. I cried more than a few times on my drive to Vegas. I've been in and out of the restaurant business for almost 30 years now. I started as a busboy in the Bethpage State Park golf course in New York at the age of 16. Since that time, I've waited tables and tended bar in more than a dozen different places. One of the things I've always liked about the business is something most people actually don't like. It's a fluctuating stream. 
some shifts you make $8, and the next one could be 300 The gambler in me always enjoyed the surprise. Working odd hours, not doing 9 to 5, has helped me to stay away from the normal work stream. This has given me more time to pursue my creative interests. Best of all, the majority of people in the restaurant business are also creative, open-minded, eccentric, and interesting, to say the least. This business seems to pull in a larger share of mature and old souls, my kind of people. Some of the friends I've met in the many different restaurants have become lifetime friends. As I made my way north, I had a flood of different memories. I remember the close friends I worked with at two different restaurant chains when I lived on Long Island. I met so many lovable characters make frequent trips to the Huntington Diner after our shifts. I was in my early 20s at the time, smoked a good amount of pot, and did my share of drinking with some of my fellow restaurant friends. I made good money, had some real fun, and occasionally pushed the limits with my bad boy stuff. I made a whole bunch of new friends when I moved to Arizona and began to work in a cheesy prime rib hotel restaurant. Nearly every night we hung out after our shifts and drank baileys and coffee by the huge fire pit. Some of the friends became roommates and supported me during some really rough times. I also remember the French restaurant I worked at for seven years. Each night after our shift, we had a huge family-style dinner. I learned about great wine and cognacs and really got to develop a taste for gourmet food. I've been part of that family for a long time. My emotions were on overload as I got closer to Nevada. So many funny memories, interesting people, supportive friends, and positive experiences that span three decades. I've always been blessed with an abundance of friends, and the places I've worked have provided the majority of them. It was incredible when I thought about how many different friends and family work environments I've been part of over the years. A few of the people remain close to me, and I still fondly remember many of the ones I've lost contact with as well. I could see how each person I knew in all the different places I'd worked had influenced who I am now, and I'm sure I've done the same for many of them. When I first realized that the Pasta Palace was going to close, I began to panic a little. I would be losing nearly a third of my current income. Even though I had options for other part-time restaurant jobs, I felt no desire to pursue them now. It was time to go in a different direction. There were books to finish and new ones to start. It was time to put myself out into the world in a bigger way and expand the amount of clients I could help. I knew exactly what I needed to do and had the courage to do all the things that were necessary to replace the income I would be losing. Better still, I could do it in far less hours than the restaurant took to make the same amount of money. Financially, I'd be fine. The universe would take care of me. My fear about the future passed quickly. Still, my emotional body needed to mourn the loss for a few days. My two years there were beneficial and special, and I needed to celebrate my sadness. All things change, and this chapter had come to an end. There was a new chapter in my life beginning, and I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but I knew it would be equally challenging and fun. In the Code of Indian teachings, Tate is their word for the spirit of wind. Wind reminds us that sometimes we have to make minor or major changes in our lives. When we don't listen to the gentle nudges of wind, it may have to get very loud and scream at us. Thankfully, if we listen, wind can direct us to flow to new places in gentle ways. Tornadoes and hurricanes are examples of wind at its most challenging. Nature can be very loud and even destructive at times. It can shake up larger areas and groups of people. When we listen to Tate, we can trust the prompts and know that we'll be carried to new and fertile ground. 
I opened my car window and felt the cold morning breeze. It was perfect for me to be mourning my loss as I drove to Las Vegas. This would be followed by checking in to my comped hotel room and experiencing some fun and luxury for a few days. There was plenty of good distractions to keep me from thinking about my loss and worrying about tomorrow. This is what I love about Las Vegas. I get to be mindless for a few days. The fun would help me to pull away from the sadness. Deeper still, as sad as I was to say goodbye to this part of my life, some part of me wanted it to end. I was tired of all the extra hours I had been putting in, and I think the owner was as well. I had co-created this ending, and I have evolved enough to see that there was no victimization in any of it. I had chosen to move forward and manifest abundance in some new areas. I would joyfully say goodbye and at the same time exist between that place where sadness and an ending and excitement for the future coexisted. I would enjoy some good rest and play for a few days and look forward to the excitement of starting the next chapter. Okay, so that is my that was my monthly column for February. It's funny because it, you know, I guess, um, you know, I, I got uh, again. I have a I have a good amount of of people already kind of receiving my monthly column, and I got a number of comments. Of course, that it was a beautiful piece. It was very emotional, um, and yeah, you know, as a writer, sometimes I like to. I, I'm very, very obviously, uh, very direct about the experiences that I go through because I think. That what we you know what we share with others is often really really parallel to what other people go through and many times as well too. So there's a value in that. But I have to laugh because this piece was particularly um, you know a very sensitive piece, and I actually had a couple of people ask to be removed from my mailing list. I don't know whether they just never read my column or weren't interested in it, or if they read this one <laughs> and asked to be removed. You know, it never bothers me when someone does that. There's always a million reasons why they would want to uh, to not be receiving the newsletter anymore. But um, I found that very, very strange, I guess, um, that after if someone had actually read that and then asked to be removed, I would have to wonder what kind of individual would find that particular piece offensive at any level. But, again, not here to make judgment about anyone or anything anybody does, so we won't waste our time with such things. Okay. Anyway, so, yeah, this was my uh, experience and by the way, let me add that um, my uh, Vegas trip that I went to immediately from leaving that job was a almost free for me. Um, I and I, I didn't I gamble. I don't gamble at a very high level, but I do play penny slots and five ten dollar blackjack. You know, not not extremes, but I do gamble. And uh, my my rooms were comped, and so was much of my food, and. Um, I actually, for four days and four nights, counting the cost of my gas to drive there, three visits to a spa, my food, all my gambling, you know, all my expenses, the entire trip cost me $227 for four days and four nights in Las Vegas. So the universe, I guess, was smiling on me (laughs) in that context because I don't know anywhere one could travel and get by that light with the amount of fun that I actually had. Again, it was a great distraction in that sense uh, for for multiple reasons. Because, again, it was a very emotional thing. You know, work environments, uh, you know, I'm sure many people can identify this, can often feel like being very much part of a family uh, in some respects. And I was part of that family, you know, ever so uh, as dysfunctional as the family was, which is my joke. I don't know. I don't know that many families that aren't somewhat dysfunctional. So we'll have to really go into an analysis about what actual function is. 
But uh, yeah, so it was it was definitely a very very sad event. You know, now it's been a couple of weeks, and um, you know, there's a decrease in the amount of income that I'm taking in, but I'm uh, I'm finding other sources for that as I always will do. But um, it actually has been really, really nice. That was about 27, 28 extra hours of work a week. A lot of it was standing around since we weren't that busy. So I am actually really enjoying the free time that I have. Um, and, uh, you know, again, we'll, we'll see where things go. I'm not really particularly worried about it. But I think, you know, uh, I think that this, this piece triggered a lot of things for a lot of people because it's funny when something ends i really think there's a duality to it because it is natural to be sad um at any loss that we go through but you know again within that structure is also the reality of the new beginning because our you know higher self or spirit is is maneuvering us at some level for the change in a beneficial way although you know many of us go through experiences where it's hard to see the benefit while you're actually in it, you know what I mean. Sometimes we get real clobbers, uh, clobbers. We get real clobbered, so to speak, in that sense, and it, and it can be hard to see that. I know one of the things I have mentioned to to many of my readers and listeners before is that you know one of the worst relationship disasters I had ever been through back in 2001 um, was actually pivotal in my life for me becoming a writer. I wrote my first book, Dirty Little Secrets. And it really came from that experience that I wrote about it. So very, very difficult, emotional, painful experience. That it, and again, turned out to be valuable because I think a lot of people have read that book and read those pieces and really, really can identify with what I went through in a lot of ways. And uh, you know, so that then again, there's always a value. And it actually really, really pushed me to uh, begin to write and become a writer. I, I, it was almost like a healing modality for me in that sense to, to do that. So it turned out to be very, very beneficial. Right, I'm going to talk a little more on this. I see we've got a lot of people jumping in and out of the chat room. And uh, I welcome everybody. Hello, Turo One. Hello, My Destiny. Hello, all the other guests that are uh, not necessarily named. Thank you for joining me. Good to see some of, uh, good to see all of you, and certainly some of my friends who have tuned in before. Again, thanks for joining me. Um, one of the things I love about doing this show is, aside from getting all kinds of different people that tune in, we always get some great um, metaphysical people as well that that have a lot of knowledge and a lot of information to share themselves. So I absolutely always welcome their insight and their perspectives. We have had some really, really smart people tune in here. So absolutely feel free to say hello to each other in the chat room as well, too. If you have a question or anything uh, about any of the things I'm talking about, or even in a few minutes we'll get to some uh, options for if you have any personal questions you want to ask, feel free to type them in. Or in a couple of minutes, again, I'm going to put up the phone number, and uh, if anyone wants to call in, I would love to hear your comments on take on what I've been talking about so far today. Or again, um, we still have a good another 20 minutes, 25 minutes on the show, so I will also do a little five-minute mini-readings if someone has a specific question that they want me to pull an oracle on for them. We'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Uh, so anyway, uh, again, welcome everyone. And what we've been talking about today is uh, my piece finishing another chapter. And like I said, I really think that, you know, I love the expression, consider the uses of adversity, because I know for me, ending this part-time job, um, you know, I actually took the job initially 
a little over two years ago when uh, you know the uh, you know anyone who is has been alive the last couple of years recognizes the reality of 2007, 2008, 2009, even for some people it went into 2010, kind of getting their probable you know financial or emotional ass kicked in that sense. Uh, you know when we ushered into our depression that no one wanted to call a depression. So I know for me, you know, I had taken the job and gone back to an old field part-time to supplement my income because uh, a big chunk of my income had decreased. You know, understandably so, I had a lot of clients, a lot of people that I worked with uh, in person and by phone. And, uh, you know, people were, you know, scrambling a little bit. So, you know, things had to get cut. Unfortunately, I was on that list for a lot of people at the time. So uh, these are are realities that will will pop up sometimes. so anyway, it was a good two-year run. Uh, the restaurant had done well for a while, but really, honestly, the last six months of it really had not done well. You know, I, I always change the names of the people and and places I've been part of in my my uh, my my columns, by the way, too. So we're close approximation to that, but I did not want to you know give the exact name of the restaurant. Uh, but um, but the uh, you know it was a good experience, but I'd say the last six months or so, I really wasn't making a lot of money. And I really found myself standing around a lot. And there really was a lot of emotional, you know, difficulty that the owner was going through. You know, he had to cut staff dramatically. There was a number of things that went down the pike that really actually made it kind of hard. My disposition, and anyone who is a um, numerology fan, by the way, I want to throw some numerology at you. Um, You know, my birth path number is a six. I'm born on the 29th of November. My uh, birth path number, 1964, my birth path number is six. So, you know, six people will understand this. You know, you kind of have this tendency to take a lot of responsibility for things, almost naturally. So I always sort of take this role of uh, daddy or big brother or, you know. And, and you know, I'm also I'm also half German in my nationality. So my, my the German side of me, <laughs> I always say, is very, very particular about doing things correctly. So I've always been liked in most jobs I've ever worked because of my efficiency. But on the negative side, I tend to almost automatically move into that position of the, the dummy who takes care of everything and takes the responsibility. And you know, that can get really, really exhausting. I don't know if it's possible for me to have a job where I'm not somewhat emotionally and psychologically involved in it. And I mean, I think, you know, sometimes it's just the nature of the beast in that sense. It's hard to get around. So having the freedom away from it right now has has definitely been a blessing. So I'm sure, you know, a lot of my listeners have gone through their own endings and their own um, uh, transitions either uh, recently or in the past. So if anyone wants to to share any of those experiences in any way, uh, that would be of value. Um, Otherwise, I'm going to continue to talk uh, about a few other things as well for the remainder of our show. So if you would like to call in and talk that way directly to me and everyone else who might be listening, our call-in number here is 646-200-3966. You might have to dial a 1 before that, 646-200-3966. Uh, we're open to hearing any of your comments, and uh, if you do have a you know personal question you'd like to ask on air, I can do a little couple-minute mini-reading for that, although I like to keep them to about five minutes just for practical purposes. Anyway, so again, 646-200-3966, feel free to call in. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'm drinking my coffee here, too. Otherwise, you <laughs> will continue to chat about this subject and my, my perspectives on it. Okay. 
So anyway, um, you know, funny, you know, uh, an, another interesting dynamic behind this experience for me was I had, of course, because I read Tarot and a number of other oracles, you know, the ending of the restaurant had shown up in my card reading, uh, in, a, in a Tarot card reading. I see my Tarot person here as well, too, will certainly probably uh, <laughs> also drinking coffee. Yeah, it's mostly decaf, though. It's about three-quarters decaf because it's about 3.30 in the afternoon. It's 4 o'clock, so I have to have some coffee taste without too much caffeine. But it certainly tastes good, especially since it's freezing outside. But anyway, so what I was saying is, uh, you know, anyone who understands Tarot and, and has, you know, has somewhat mastered it will we'll know that really, you know, rarely does, if you do card readings for yourself, um, I, I do them maybe every three or four months. I'll do a tarot card reading for myself. I use a lot of other oracles. Sometimes the tarot is just too detailed for me, so I sometimes don't want it. Of course, I had I had done a tarot spread, and it really, really sort of foretold the end of the restaurant. So I guess it didn't really fully come as a shock to me. You know, I was hoping he could change the course, but really, the owner. But really, you know, deeper still, I realized that I had. Um, actually, you know, tapped into, um, you know, knowing that he was tired and in some respects wanted out of the restaurant and the situation as well, too. So, uh, you know, it was definitely a, you know, positive transition as well, even though it looked like a negative one. You know what I mean? Again, you know, we co-create our experiences at some level. And uh, I know he went out with a lot of debt, but I think he was very disillusioned with Phoenix and was wanted to go back home as well, too. So, okay, let me see. We've got a question here in our chat room. Scorpio57, welcome to the show. Uh, what can you tell me about my birthday? November 13th, 1957. Okay, great question. Love numerology questions, by the way, and also Tarot. So I'm going to comment on, on this for you here. Also, um, any of my other um, any other people in the chat room, if you have to want to add your proverbial two cents to the situation <laughs> absolutely i'm sure scorpio 57 will appreciate any input uh that they get okay so november 13th 1957 uh all the astrology uh bs about changing in signs aside um you are a scorpio obviously sun sign in that sense so let me do your numerology real quick here too i'll take out my trusty pen and we'll pop out some info real so let me see two four uh, 12, 13, 4, 8, 9, 10. So you're a 4, 1, right? Let's see, 1957, 12, 13, 4, yeah, 4, 4, 2, 8, 9, 10. Okay, so you're 4, 1. All right, so one thing uh, numerology-wise, um, your uh, your birthday, uh, your birth date is what we call the birth path. That means what you've come here to do in that sense. So uh, what we see for your birthday in that sense is you're a 4, 1. You know, a four birthday to 13 is a four birthday. That means that, in essence, a big part of your life is about practicality. It's about building kind of stone by stone, brick by brick. You know, the gift of the four is it's hardworking, it's consistent, it's perseverance. You learn these qualities if you don't already have them in that sense in your life. You know, in the negative side, sometimes it can feel like you fall down a few too many times along your path. Um, the beauty of the four, though, is as you get older, of course, you're going to become stronger and more solid and more consistent, which is what what a four learns how to do. Um, it's also a one, your birth path itself, too. That's even probably even more prominent. Um, that's the sum of the entire you know date of birth itself. 
So one birth path means you've also come here to be independent. You've come here to be unique, to be different, to be eccentric, to uh, blaze your own trail in that sense. The strength of the one is in its uh, in, in its ability to to uh, you know to create their own destiny for themselves, to to buck against the system at some levels, to move in a unique kind of a way. Um, and and you know I always like to say you know a lot of ones to me are very strong people in that sense of survivors. They overcome things. They you know what I mean? They have a strength of their in their individuality. On the negative side, sometimes it can feel a little bit like being a square peg in a round hole, or that you don't quite fit, or that you're the odd man out. Sometimes that's a tough feeling that ones can go through for their lives because of that. That independent streak can sometimes make it difficult to fully mesh with the people around you. You know, I often say, you know, it's because you're not supposed to. You know, even in relationship, you know, even a one can have good relationships. I always love the expression, remember to let the winds of heaven dance between you. Because even if you're with someone in that sense, um, there is still that need to maintain some element of individuality. A couple more things I'm going to comment on this, and then we'll we'll go forward. Um, so what the, the other thing that you can look at when you look at a birth path in that sense is, is a breakdown in terms of its structure. So you're 244. Four. So uh, we see a 2 first challenge, then a 0, then a 2, and a 2. So we see a couple different dynamics that show up at different segments in your life, but I'll kind of give you an overall theme here. A lot of the numbers that come up through your challenges and pinnacles are really about um, relationships and partnerships in your life. You have a lot of two challenge that shows up in your in your chart, which would suggest that you're here to learn about relationships and partnerships, uh, harmony, diplomacy, learning how to balance and harmonize. The good news is you'll often have relationships. Uh, you know, the, the we can't know whether they necessarily run smoothly, though, in that sense. You know what I mean? But there's always that attempt to try to find a harmony and a diplomacy and a balance. You've also got a six as your first cycle, which means that, you know, you were initiated into an element of service, a little bit being the healer, the fixer, the mender, the caretaker, the responsible one. You know, we see some um, zeros come up in the chart as well, too, which means you're probably a mature, older soul, and that is probably a very, very, you know, uh, that's, a, that's a statement I can really elaborate on but won't now. But usually older souls will carry the zero within their uh, numerology cycles. Um, so and the other thing is, let me mention a little Scorpio info. You know, Scorpio is a, uh, and this is just your sun sign, certainly more to it than that, but Scorpio is a what we call a fixed water sign. So, you know, Scorpios are perseverant. They can be very, very strong at, at sticking to things in that sense. It's also a water sign, so very, very sensitive, very, very emotional. You know, I always find that people are funny because there's this misconception about Scorpios being mean. And um, I have not really found that to be the case. Uh, I see a, ba- a similarity between Scorpios and Tauruses. Um, the problem is for you guys, a lot of times you'll let slights and things that bother you go, and you won't necessarily... Um, uh, actually, my, before I finish this thought, my destiny also asked about their birthday, which is October 25th, also Scorpio. So um, we'll, we'll mention a little that as well, too, and then I'll get into my destiny's uh, uh, numerology. But what I find with Scorpio, it's similar to Taurus, is a lot of times you guys will you let slights and things that bother you go. You won't comment on them. You tend to stuff them. So what ends up happening is after someone has done like 92 annoying, pain-in-the-ass, terrible things, that's when you shut down and don't want anything to do with that person and get really, really, and you get really, really mad. Um, and then you won't forgive them a lot of times, so you won't have anything to do with the individual. But I find that the reason that Scorpios will do this again is because they haven't learned how to, 
you know, just say, hey, listen, man, I don't like what you said to me or the way that you're talking to me or what you're doing. You know what I mean? So it's learning that that dynamic and that sense, and it's really positive for you guys to learn how to do it. See, I'm a Sagittarius, so I, I'm a big mouth. I pretty much say everything <laughs> that I think almost to detriment in that sense. I'm on the other spectrum of that. Sagittarius have to learn uh, uh, restraint. Which one went to shut the hell up? Uh, Scorpio, though, so the lesson for Scorpio, of course, is, is learning uh, forgiveness. Because often what happens is you guys are really amazingly hard on yourselves, too. You'll make a mistake. You won't forgive yourself. I might have known Scorpios that because they're not making enough money or they don't feel like they've taken care of their mother the right way, they won't allow themselves to have a relationship. They won't allow themselves to have fun. You know, and, and I would say that to Scorpio, you've got to lighten up in that sense. You don't, don't be so abusive and so mean to yourself. And that's what I find really that mean streak to me doesn't really exist so much with Scorpios. You're more likely to sting yourselves than necessary other people. That's my little message for Scorpios. Guys, you know, be nice to yourselves. Be kind. You're probably a much better person than you think in that sense. You know what I mean? You've pro- you probably done a lot. You're probably far more kinder than you know. You know, I mean, these are things to really, really contemplate. And if you have made mistakes, then that's how we learn and we grow. I mean, you, you know what I mean? We don't get a handbook when we're younger about how to be. So we kind of have to screw up in order to move forward. You know, even the word sin actually originally meant to miss the mark so it's that reminder that you know any mistakes you've made let it go you know move through it in that sense okay that's my little spiel on scorpio so let me talk about my destiny's birth path number here too since we're on a numerology kick let's see so we got we talked a little about the scorpio stuff and let's see two one seven also one as well two two yeah so uh my destiny, let's say you're October 25th, 1964. So you're a 7-1 combination. So we see a similarity with your our other friend here um, and uh, my um, your other friend here's uh, numerology, Scorpios, uh, having the 1 as a birth path. But you're also a 7. So you're a 7-1 combination, a little bit of a different type of a dynamic that we see here. Um, you're welcome, uh, Scorpio 57. Believe me, I could go on in, in, in a tremendous amount of more detail. Believe me, we're just tip of the uh, it's tip of the iceberg here. But you know, just for brevity and time, we'll we'll keep it uh, we'll keep it down. So, uh, okay, so back to my destiny. So you're you're um, you know, and there's a different spectrum to where where Scorpios are earlier, later in terms of the influences as well too that I can get into. But my destiny, your your birth path is a 7-1, so yours is actually the path of analysis. A 7 birthday means kind of like the terminal student. You're always learning. You're always gathering information. There can be a fussiness to the 7, almost a need to become um, more particular about what you want and what you don't want in that sense. That's part of the 7's dynamic. Again, I sometimes jokingly call this terminal students because there's always a learning. There's always a taking in information and knowledge in that sense. Very, very analytical minds in that sense that we see when it comes to a seven birthday. You're also a one similar to um, our friend uh, Scorpio 57, which means, again, this is the path of independence, the path of originality, of being eccentric, of being unique, of being different. You know, one thing I would say about ones is the strength of your number is that you guys are pioneers. That's your job. A lot of you, ideally, you'd like to have your own business or be leading somehow and be independent. Sometimes ones go to the other side, and there's a part of them that would like to just escape somewhere and go up to a mountain and be left alone, um, an appealing fantasy, but one that's probably not going to come to pass in that sense. Uh, 
But um, you're often really, really strong people who overcome difficulty. You can feel like you may have to go through different fresh starts and new beginnings that occur maybe more often than other people, but there really can be a perseverance to this number as well, too, and a bit of a, a sense of almost being a survivor or someone who's able to overcome in that sense. Very, very strong for ones. Um, let's see. So let me see about my destinies here. You've got, let me see, your first cycle is a six challenge, eight pinnacle. Um, that's kind of one of the things that we see. You've got you've got an eight-six combination for your first cycle. So the eight is a pinnacle shows you had to grow up kind of fast. Usually that's what we see with the eight. It's kind of a not much of a childhood. There's responsibility or talents or abilities or being pushed into practicality at a very very young age. The six was your challenge, which means service and healing and responsibility and caretaking at an early age. Um, you know, this is not the easiest combination of numbers in that sense for, for childhood in that sense because it's going to feel like you had to take on responsibility or be um, kind of the uh, the strong one in that sense or the caretaker. I always say people with eight and nines as first pinnacle cycles, you, guys, you just you sort of get screwed out of a childhood. You know what I mean? Like I had a childhood that I extended as long as I possibly could, you know, but you guys often feel that you will you will go through that in that sense. Um, so anyway, see that 8-6 combination. Um, let me mention something real quick for both of uh, my destiny and for Scorpio 57 too. Let me see where your personal years are. 7-8, 2011, 2010, so it's a 3. Uh, oh, wait, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, yeah, so it's a 3-year. So you are, let me see, I want to make sure I get this right, 7-8, 9, 10, 11, 12, yeah, 3-year. So Okay, let me make sure I'm keeping track of everybody here. So, and then we'll answer the quick little question for Turo One, so everyone gets uh, some help here. So, my destiny, you're in a three-year. Well, actually, technically, you're in a two-year. So, this is actually the two-year is kind of a background year. It's a detail year. It's about relationships, partnerships, balance, harmony. Um, a little bit, kind of a more of a background year where we take care of the details of life. Um, you'll be going into a three-year in October which is more about expansion and creativity and, and self-expression and growth in relationships um, and, and social exchange. Scorpio 57, let's cover you also, too, with this and make sure everyone gets their info here, too. So let me see, four, five, six. So you're in an eight-year, going to go into a nine-year. So this year, you know, uh, Scorpio 57, your year is about being able to... Uh, to uh, really kind of come into personal power, to be stronger, to be solid, to make more practical, strong, solid decisions. So the eight year is about it's about becoming successful. It's about doing what you had to practically, uh, financially, to kind of move from point A to point B. Um, and then in November you'll go into a nine year cycle, which is a year of completions, of endings, of finishing. It often is a culmination year and a preparation for a new one year cycle that will follow that. Uh, Okay, so let's see. Let me, I want to answer Terrell One's question real quick because we're getting low on time here. So, uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Scorpios can get the – I'm reading in the chat room here about Scorpios can be controlling. Yeah, I mean, it definitely can be part of the experience. Um, I Yeah, you mentioned Scorpios are pretty friendly. I think they often really, really are too. I always laugh because I think that Scorpios a lot of times are very flirtatious without realizing that they're doing it. Sometimes you guys cause power struggles without realizing that you're trying. 
Um, I always say that to Scorpios, you're flirtatious. You, you know what I mean? Sometimes there's a um, you can start controversy without realizing that you did it. I'm not. I have a Venus in Scorpio, so I have just a little bit of Scorpio in me in my relationships. And uh, believe me, I can be quite the bad boy without realizing I'm even doing it in that sense. Um, part of the nature of the beast. Okay. Uh, let's see. Turo once said, "Let me see. You had a question." Um, uh, blah 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 blah. Let me see if I can catch up on all this here too. Uh, will I start a romantic relationship this year? For Turo One, okay, I've got a couple minutes here, so let me see. I'm going to pull a quick little runestone for you here. See if we can answer that question real quick while we're on air, and see what I get. Okay, um, okay, so here's what I'm getting. Yes, and but it feels like. Um, yeah, I'm definitely getting a yes. So romantic relationship, yes. In fact, I think you're moving up to a higher level. But they're kind of telling me about there's something you have to you have to switch gears. There's something you got to get rid of first. It's almost like you have to leave something. I don't know if it's a person or a dream or an energy, but you've got to leave that behind and let that go, and that's going to open up the door for something else that's at a at a much higher level in that sense. So there's a shift that I'm kind of feeling that has to occur here. I pulled a rune and the rune stone or a Viking oracle that they use for, for navigational aid. And um, it usually means, um, it actually had to do with an inheritance, like often getting something even more beneficial or better or more positive. Um, but you have to let go of something first. You have to retreat. You have to cut away. There's almost a need to kind of make a shift. So, yeah, I'm getting a feeling that it is going to be a, a romantic relationship for you this year. In fact, I, I really feel something, you know, there's something almost starting in March, but for some reason I don't feel like um, it takes in that sense until um, the latter part of the spring, early part of the summer. So there's something, you know, that comes out of a flirtation or something that way that I'm, I'm kind of getting a feel for this year for you. But keep the key word in mind. You know what I'm talking about, too. There's something, you know, just something you need to let go of, something that, that has to be released. And once it's released, it'll put you into kind of a different place that way. But I do get, um, I keep sort of seeing the image of, um, like, something about spring. And usually when I see spring, that's connected with the destiny, but also that's kind of the symbol in the Asian cultures for romance. Um, so there's a playfulness that comes up here that, that really feels very exciting. Okay. I can comment more on that, but we're kind of running low on time, so I'm going to cut that thought. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to cut that thought because I know I probably just opened more doors in your head than uh, than uh, you uh, uh, to keep you kind of uh, intrigued here and check things out on your own as well. Okay. So all of this said, um, all right, we've only got a couple more minutes, so I'm finishing up here. Um, you know, I will be, you know, we're here every week, uh, 45-minute show. Uh, next week is my interview show, and I have a really, really great author, guest that is going to be on. So please tune into that. I do an hour show when I do the interview shows. Let me see. Her name is Catherine Stone Ayers, artist from Hawaii, um, cool uh, writer, definitely someone worth checking out. So please uh, absolutely uh, tune in next week at the same time for our show. And we'll open up the phone lines then as well and let you talk to her. So we're here every week. Um, my shows for the latter part of the uh, month are always where I have a little bit more time for callers and questions uh, because I'm not going to read my column. 
Anyway, so uh, again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in today. Uh, I love the questions, and I appreciate uh, the input as well, too, from everybody here. Um, thank you again for all of you for joining me. Uh, my name is Jim Ventura. Uh, if you're not already receiving my monthly column, Snake Oil, please contact me at VenturaSage at Yahoo or VenturaWords at Mac.com, and I'll add you to my mailing list so you can get my monthly column. Uh, you'll get some information about classes and specials that I do with readings and, and personal sessions that you can check out. A lot of them are discounted for people who are getting my mailer. So it's good to do it. And then you get to read my columns first, in essence, read my books before they're published. So absolutely feel free to check into that. Um, also, a lot of you might be interested in my first public book, published book. It's called Dirty Little Secrets. That's available through me directly, or you can just order a copy on Amazon. Great book, a lot about relationships, a lot about uh, metaphysics, a lot of fun, a lot of uh, humor. Um, you'll, you'll catch a lot in my writing that I, I try to play, be playful and fun as well, too, uh, and keep things light whenever possible. So that's available also. Okay, again, uh, I appreciate everyone's comments and uh, questions. They're tuning in, and this is Jim Ventura. Stay warm and happy February, and we'll talk to you all next week when we're here again. Cheers.